Not sure if many of you know, but we do have a virtual tier within the Design Coven, virtual pro member tier, which includes three virtual meetings a month where we set intentions. We do group coaching. So bring all your questions. We answer those questions and you get to learn from other people going through the same struggles as you. We also do a business practice meeting. So we'll have somebody on to share a business practice that we can all benefit from. And then we also do a product training. So getting a sustainable, eco-friendly line to come on and share who they are so that we can be supported with other like-minded businesses. And if you're not quite ready for pro, you can always join our free community where you will connect with other like-minded holistic interior designers. You don't have to be an interior designer if you are kind of just dabbling or you're aspiring or you're looking into this field. We invite everybody from all journeys and you don't, again, have to be a designer. You don't have to have a degree. We're just a beautiful community of like-minded people looking to create healing spaces, not just for ourselves, but for our clients and future clients. Come join us at designcoven.com forward slash join. You're listening to the Holistic Interior Design Business Podcast. This is a podcast that guides you as a new or inspiring independent interior designer navigating your entrepreneurial path. Here with my over 20 years experience, I will share my holistic approach to design with intention and ancient practices, including feng shui, all incorporating mind, body, and spirit into my design projects. You will also learn from seasoned interior designers as they give strategies and insight of how they built their businesses and continue to work in the field. Together, we will discover supportive trade partners, new ideas, creatives, and inspiring artists from around the world. I'm your host, Rachel Lorraine Crawford. Welcome back to the Holistic Interior Design Business Podcast. Our guest today is Joanna Kutri. Welcome, Joanna. Thanks, Rachel. Of course. We're going to set the stage here by lighting a candle. I like to connect with that element of fire and just the intention um, setting process. So connection, creativity, all the things. And then I've got the radiant crystal deck, which I'm going to pull a card from. Let's see what we have here. So the, the idea behind this is really just to kind of get a little bit of a reading, a little message. Uh, what we might need to connect again, what might come up for us. And that's Rhoda Knight. And she has these beautiful keywords here, which is gratefulness, self-confidence, and support. And this is connected to the heart chakra. And uh, the affirmation is, I find confidence in myself when I listen to my heart. And Rhoda Knight for me is like the self-love stone. So whenever I'm working with somebody that is just needing a little extra love up upon themselves, I always recommend connecting with Rhoda Knight. It just has a beautiful, um, it, to me, it's more of a hardcore love versus like a rose quartz seems really light and a little bit fluffy. And this is kind of like more like grounded in there, um, like a real hard love. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, so what's what's home for you, Jonah? You know, that's a really good question. Um, I've lived all over the world and I I I love home. I love creating home. And so 
Um, I'm originally from Pasadena. And when I left Pasadena, I think like anybody who decides to leave home, it was very much like I'm never coming back. Um, And so I traveled and lived around the world. And I never, if you would have asked me 10 years ago, you know, would you consider coming back to California and coming home? Yeah. I would have said no way. And so actually being back home in California, like it's, it's such a surprise. I was like, oh, I never, I never expected to come home. You know, I, I, I had other plans. Um, you know, I was just, um, my husband's French and we were living in the South of France and here I'm thinking I'm going to live out this like dreamy French fantasy with my French husband. And, um, we were living in this little beach town and we met this couple from Encinitas. Oh my gosh. And (laughs) they, I know, I know. (laughs) You're like, what? (laughs) I know because being from Pasadena, I don't know if you're from LA, it's like, I don't know, you don't go past Laguna Beach. I have no idea. So they lived in Cardiff and they were living in this beach town with us in the south of France. And for a year, they wouldn't stop talking about Cardiff. And, you know, we, I felt very indoctrinated. I'm like, Ooh, Cardiff. I had no idea where it was. Like I, I couldn't place it on the map. And my husband at the time got a job in New York. And so all of a sudden, you know, I hadn't lived in the States in like 15 years. Wow. And here I am. I'm like, oh, wow, I'm coming back to New York. And Cardiff was always in the back of my mind. Um, And so I had some health issues that came up. And the only doctor that was a specialist with what was going on was at UCSD. So I flew out from New York and um, saw the doctor at UCSD and my friend, the one from Encinitas, said, you know, while you're there, you should go check out Cardiff. (laughs) So, okay, Okay. I'm here. And so I I jumped in an Uber and I took the coast up from La Jolla. And the minute that I got to Encinitas, I was like, this is home. This is this is where I want to be. So I go back to New York, you know, and I have this in the back of my mind. Right, I'm right. like, we're going to move. We're going to move to Encinitas. I have, you know, I come back for my medical issue and um, I couldn't really recover in New York. Like my dog walked faster than I could oh, after yeah. this whole thing. And so I looked at my husband and I'm like, we need to move to Cardiff. And he was like, well, my job is here. And I said, yeah. Yeah, but you're going to negotiate working remotely. Oh, my God. And what year was that? 2019. Wow. And he looked at me and he's like, yeah, but nobody does that. And I said, but you're going to do that. You're going to negotiate working remotely and we are moving to Cardiff. So he did. And then six months later after we arrived, the pandemic hit. Oh, my gosh. I know. And... Cardiff and Sanitas, just that little strip of coast. Yeah. That's home. That is home. Yeah. It just, there's, some, I have been, I really have been all over the world and I have set up home in different countries. And I, I just feel at home here. I love it. 
Yeah, so. and I had no idea you're here, and I'm right here in Lucadia, right? I know. I thought I was like, I should come over. We could have had a coffee. So yeah. yeah, this is definitely this is definitely home. We bought a home. Um, we are wow. eyeball deep in projects, and wow, you know, my husband is an art director, and so we both have this. Um, mm force of creativity that we are just dumping into this house and so home is definitely you know it's um it's kind of like the big project right now just you know creating this home and we love it i love it so Mm -hmm. our our environments are just so important and so magical and we can create these worlds um within these spaces and I have a feeling that your home is super magical and we're going to be able to experience your studio um, <laughs> so we get to, to do yes. all that but I can't wait um, you and I met at Design Expo um, here yes. in San Diego can you share with me like the story of how you got involved with that because that was the first time I'd even heard about it and I got to right now. And founder I, I, and- I think it's so amazing what these women are doing um so actually there is an artist that i follow jackie leishman and she's up in la and i love her work and she and i were you know like instagram buddies like i would ask her like what kind of paper are you using or oh what's that book you're reading but she and i had never met in person and um she had posted that she was in this design expo here in san diego and I thought, oh, that's awesome. I get to meet her. And then I, you know, I woke up in the morning and I'm thinking, well, why am I not in that? Why <laughs> why didn't they ask me? I'm here. Yeah. But I just feel like, you know, we're coming out of a pandemic. We kind of really don't know who's here. And, yeah. you know, so I reached out to the women that were organizing this amazing event. And I said, I know it's kind of last minute. Um but I would love to invite you to my studio. I love hosting. I really do. I really, really love hosting. I said, please come to my studio. Let me host you. Um, Let's chat about this. And if you think I'm a good fit, I would love to participate. So they came over. We totally hit it off. Amazing. Um, And then when I met Jackie Leishman, it was, she's like a friend now. It we just really had to meet. That. Yeah. It really, yeah. I think she and I, you know, we come from very similar backgrounds. And so when she and I met, I was like, oh my we're going to be friends. Yeah. So, yeah. That's so rad. Yeah. And then you just, I think also like part of what I'm hearing from your story is like you just taking the initiative and taking action. I think so many people might mm-hmm. just sit around and wish and and you know kind of be in the muck of like oh i didn't get invited but it's like sometimes i don't Uh, even know who you are or like you have to put yourself out there well not only that but you know a lot of there's a lot of talk and stuff around manifestation Mm -hmm. which is awesome but i'm like no manifest action like if you want it go get it absolutely it's not like Oh, I'm manifesting and it's going to drop out of the sky. Yeah. Maybe. You have to do your part. Totally. Manifest action all the way. Like, that's what you want. And, you know, I'm very much like, that is what I want. Okay. Yeah. You know, step into that space, yeah. make it happen. 
whatever that looks like, all those little steps that you have to take, you know, I think that, um, you know, people see the unfolding, but they don't realize what's going on, like behind the scenes or like how much time and how many steps, like little baby steps it takes. And then so um, when things finally do manifest, you know, people think it just kind of magically happens. I'm like, no, it's a lot of hard work. (laughs) They're seeing all that. All the way, all the way, manifest action. So yeah, absolutely. I absolutely love it. And how did you um, come into the world of art and making this your life? I think it's just always been that way. I, I have, you know, I think you're born an artist. I really, really do. And, um, I mean, I have been doing this my whole life. I remember in my first grade class, I had this amazing Karen Berger, Mrs. Berger. (laughs) And we had, well, I know, I just, I remember it so clearly. We had this little project, like an art project. And I took out, um, a newspaper and tore it up into all the like confetti yeah and created like that like a snow scene and i'm from california i don't even think i had seen snow oh my gosh and she loved it she was like what is this and so um i i've always been very tactile you know like i get in trouble at the kitchen table because i would peel the labels off (laughs) off Everything. I don't know, just constantly with my hands. Um, I think growing up in LA, there's there's such amazing access to museums and other artists. So I feel like it was always around me. And I don't think I had a choice. Like, I think that it was just, this was the way um, that I was born and no one discouraged me. You know, I think that, um, you know, because it is hard. It's really, yeah. really hard. Um, and no one discourages me where I'm like, why oh, didn't anyone tell gosh. me to go to law school or like be an accountant? I don't know, something more reasonable or, you know, and um, I never felt discouraged. And, um, you know, I took different art classes as a kid. Uh-huh. And then um, I went to the art high school, LAXA, at Cal State LA, and that is just when my whole world just like cracked wide open. And that was pivotal. That was, that was it. Wow. Um, And then I studied art in Italy and I kind of bounced around a lot. I think that I was naturally curious um, and slightly dissatisfied, I think when when you have an experience like going to an art high school, yeah, which was so major that all of a sudden you, you know, you go off to college and you're like, really, this is it? And I have to yeah. pay for that? And so, you know, that sense of dissatisfaction oh or wanting more or needing more, you know, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm not going to sit with this. This isn't working for me. I'm going to move on. And, um, no. you know, so, yeah, I've always been an artist and. I don't think I had a choice. Like, I think this was just like the big calling and, you know, this is definitely my purpose and who I am. And you know, this is why I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. So rad. And you, you spoke a bit about the tactileness and using your, your hands to you do a lot of that in your current work now. And how does that, what's that process like? 
Well, whenever I see painters and they're wearing gloves, I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> they're probably way more help, way more healthy than I am. You know, here I'm like really, I get dirty. You yeah. know, like I get into it, um, and I love collage. I've been lugging around a giant box of paper around the world. Wow, it just keeps getting bigger and during the pandemic um i just was like i i should sculpt you know oh and my gosh I, you know we're in lot i know and i was like i should sculpt um and so i tried to figure out i'm like okay where am i gonna buy clay like everything's yeah. closed and i found I don't, I don't even remember what it was, like somewhere in National City. And I was like, you just have to throw it in the back of my car. And I drove down there and they threw clay in the back of my car. Wow. And all of a sudden I came home and I'm like, I'm going to sculpt. And I just started sculpting and I'm, I didn't even know I could sculpt. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I use my hands. I get super dirty. Um, I love using different materials and there's so many materials. It's like, how do you just choose one? And so I end up mixing a lot of different materials and I've kind of found a way to kind of incorporate it all. So, all right. And the pieces that you had at the show, um, did that have any particular meaning or was that for the show? Yeah. Like, where did that no. come from? No, so... Um, Prior to the pandemic, my work was incredibly colorful um, and very multi-layered and um, everyone loved it, which was, fun. you know, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, and there was a collection that sold particularly well. And so a lot of the galleries you know, they wanted me to like revisit that, um, which is great. But then, you know, my, my artwork is this visual storytelling yeah. of my life. And so those paintings that I had created were, you know, they were like an old story. Right. right. And, you know, during the pandemic, I had pulled out of a gallery because I kept thinking, I'm like, wow, art is about visibility. And if this gallery isn't going to be open... Yeah, I don't want my artwork sitting in there. Um, and so I kind of took inventory of these very colorful, um, complex paintings, and they felt chaotic to me. Mm -hmm. um, as the world was extremely, yeah. it's just like too much. And like I said, it was from a time in my life where I'm like, I'm, that's not me anymore. And I don't know if I want that anymore. And so I put it away and I sat in my studio while there was just chaos going yeah. on. And I mean, it was just like such an intense time and it felt really loud and noisy. And I kind of like dropped into this, you know, meditative state. And I'm like, well, what if what do I have to say, you know? And I'm thinking, what if I don't have anything to say? What if I just want to like drop into that stillness and in that meditative state and just be there? And what does that look like? And, you know, living on the coast, we have May Gray and we have June yep. Bloom and, um, you know, that coastal environment of 
all of a sudden you're in this white space mm -hmm. and everything gets really still and you know depending on how the light comes in and filters you see these different shapes and transparencies of the landscape um you know when we were living at the beach and I just kind of sat still for a minute and took my environment in and I should it was like imagine just like being at the bottom of the ocean or at the bottom of a pool yeah. and I just wanted to be in that space and so um I was thinking what does that visually look like and what if I just took all the color out of my pieces and so the application and the actual approach to my art is the same you know I I get messy and I use a lot of collage mm -hmm. Um, and I was mostly focusing on different organic shapes and abstracting that. Um, and so the first series that came out of that was called White Noise. So if you know anything about white noise or white noise machines, like it's just that meditative space. And, um, you know, as a designer, you know that it's so funny because I really feel like interior designers get this. Yeah. White paint, not just white paint. No. You know, people <laughs> want to minimize it. Oh, she's doing these white paintings. It's just white paint. There's so many shades so of white. And there's yeah. so much of how it plays with light and the different transparencies and how white changes in a room depending on the light of the day how the light hits it. And so it was this amazing exploration of white wow. paint, and um, which is really complex. And I actually learned a ton. And um, it was just all this different um, play with matte and with glossy, with acrylic, with oil, just different materials and how much you can do with white. And um, all of a sudden my old paintings they felt complicated and yeah. simple. I wanted simple. I wanted simple and I wanted to, um, and simple isn't easy. No. So <laughs> super complicated. It's super complicated. And so it was, it was an amazing exploration. It was an amazing practice. And so, you know, the white series, the white noise series came out first. And that was on canvas. And then uh, I got asked to be in a show in the south of France with a really good friend of mine that I had met in Indonesia like years ago. He was a ceramics artist. And she and I had this amazing, you know, like we are, we are really connected. And so um, I decided I was going to work on paper just to see how that changed things. Okay. Um, and so she and I, you know, had a conversation about, okay, we're going to have this show mm -hmm. and this feeling, and this is the scene. I'll see you in July. We never worked together. We wow. never shared the work. I knew what she was doing, okay, but it wasn't like we had weekly check-ins. And so right, right. the white noise series kind of transitioned into this series on paper and I created 21 pieces. I got on a plane with, you know, a roll of wow. 21 paintings, flew to the south of France. 
and the work that we created, it looked like it belonged together. Wow. It was just so symbiotic and they just belonged together. They just had the same energy. They had the same flow when we, you know, put it in the gallery and, um, it was also very monochromatic and it was very white and airy and fluid. And it was just, it was beautiful how it came together because, you know, that connection with another artist yeah, and that trust and that faith that, okay, I know what you're going to do is amazing. And mm -hmm. we just kind of like tapped into each other's spirits. And oh when God. it came out, I was like, wow, we weren't expecting that. And so that was the second series and um, of this white, right. monochromatic, you know, very botanical and very fluid forms. Um, and, you know, I'm going to keep doing these beautiful white, light, monochromatic. Right. I, I just feel like there's so much more to explore and there's so much more to do with these yeah white paintings so. <laughs> they have so much depth to them i feel like there you could probably just get lost into all the, the nuances and parts and pieces that you put together i mean they definitely are more dynamic and they translate so much better in person um i think the biggest challenge is photographing those paintings is they really need to be seen in person yeah, and they sure. really change with the light of the day and so when you know I work with different designers all over the place and you know it's those pieces that grow with you within the space mm -hmm. and I think that um, you know designers they really get it I'm like try choosing the white paint for a yeah. room there's it's so much more than just it's not just oh, white. I'm just gonna paint this one white right <laughs> like well what kind of white so many whites yeah 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 so how do you like um working with designers what does that process look like do you like to do commission work do you stay away from commission work do you like to do I, what you're doing and then they kind of bring your pieces in like what does that look like um so since the pandemic i primarily work with interior designers i love working with interior designers they're you know they're also artists they're creative they're also you know, very much into creating space and home. Mm -hmm. So I get that. Um, I love the collaboration. Um, so I do do commissions. Usually somebody will see a piece and, you know, it needs to be size specific for the Got space it. or mm -hmm. they like different elements from different paintings. Um, so it's definitely a collaboration. You know, they'll like my work and you know, they believe that it fits into the project that they're working mm -hmm. with or, you know, they know that their client has a certain aesthetic that um, the painting will resonate with that. Um, I love the collaboration because it's, you know, it's it's your clients, it's also your vision and I'm being yeah. brought into that. So I, lo I love a good project and um, I love the interaction. You know, I don't, I don't, I want to know where my piece is going to be living and yeah, and how it, it works into the space. Um, so yeah. that's always exciting to see, you know, the final piece and 
you know, a, a space that has been really well thought out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that there's definitely intention behind, okay, we love your work and we really yeah. feel like it's going to fit with this space and, you know, that it's that it's not just, okay, we're going to throw a painting up on a right. wall. So, right. Yeah. Like you said, it's extremely intentional. Um, when somebody is working with you, what does that timeline look like in general? I know each one's probably different, but. Um, well, like yesterday I was in Santa Barbara with, uh, with a designer and her team and they, they really wanted to see, um, the white work in person, which mm. I always highly recommend because I mean, if it's possible, you know, living right. in California, you know, and I have to ship something out to New York, they're always really surprised when they unveil because oh my gosh. they've realized how, di- how much more dynamic it is in person because photographing these pieces is, is a challenge. And so, um, you know, once the designer gets to know me, gets to know the work, and they have a scope of, of you know, just the body of work and, and how beautiful it is in person, then they'll present it to their clients. Um, and I'm, I'm usually on the tail end of the project. I'm the right. soft finish. Yep. Um, but if they want to do a commission work, um, I had a a huge it was so funny it was a huge piece that was supposed to go to florida okay with um an art consultant and a designer in chicago and he's like i need this in like four weeks oh my gosh okay i'm like i will make that happen and i had every fan hair dryer nice. on this piece yeah so i'm also very much okay if it needs to get done we will make it happen like i'm there to deliver oh yeah amazing so if somebody wanted to connect yeah so if somebody wanted to connect with you um how could they go about getting in touch so i have my website and my instagram and then also I mean, I love it when people just randomly reach out and they're like, hey, I'm a designer. I have this awesome project. Would you like to get involved? I love those surprises, those unexpected surprises. Um, And like I said, I love hosting a studio visit, which for me is always such a treat to bring people into my space and uh, hosting, you know, people and showing them the experience and and also kind of showing off my house because when designers get to come in, I'm like, look what I did. So amazing. And we get to do that uh, with the design cabin. We're going to come over on Friday and check out your studio. So can you share with us what we can expect or what we'll be experiencing? Well, um, since it's <laughs> going to be in the morning, I definitely want to host something. Um, you know, I feel like when you're inviting somebody over... Yeah. Or maybe this is just me. When you're inviting somebody over to your home and your personal space, I want it to be memorable. You know, I want people to feel good when they come over. Um, And I love having people over. And my studio is actually in my home. Um, Mm. I've set up a beautiful white couch in my studio, not only to match my paintings, but, (laughs) you know... um, I don't have kids, and so everyone's like, ooh, the white couch. I'm like, I bet you have kids, huh? Yeah. You know, <laughs> so I don't have to. So I have multiple white couches in my house. So, um, 
Yeah, and I would love to show you what I'm working on, the past work, just kind of give you a little journey and history into oh what I do. And um, there's a lot of work that isn't on the website or on okay. Instagram. Um, so kind of get like a sneak peek into Amazing. what's happening, you know, where the magic happens in the studio. Um, it's a fun space. Yeah, we can't wait to experience. So yeah, you'll definitely have to come over and you know, it's funny because when we were in Cardiff and we were in this tiny two bedroom apartment, I took over the second bedroom as mm -hmm. my studio um, before we had bought this house. And it was kind of the art studio slash guest bedroom. Okay. I was like, sorry for the chaos. But you're <laughs> That's how you love it. I'm going to like, you know, blow up an air mattress. I was amazed. People loved being in there. I'm like, oh, sleep with all this stuff in here. And then um, when I lived in Indonesia, the upstairs was also my art studio. And we had friends come and stay and they had kids and they wanted to sleep in the art studio. Oh my so. gosh. And like, <laughs> um, wake up with art. So yeah. Why would you not? It sounds amazing. Yeah. So it's a fun space. Oh, I love it. I love it. I can't wait. Um, so we'll definitely, we'll have your website up in the show notes, uh, your Instagram, all that will be there. So any other, um, listeners, designers that want to get in touch with you to have you work with them um, on their projects, they can definitely reach out. And then for those oh, of you in the design heaven, yeah, we'll experience these pieces in person. Um, and if you're not in the design heaven, you can always do a one-off event with us um, separately, which I highly recommend doing these beautiful studio tours and being able to experience this art because we as designers, we have so much influence and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in making space and to also support our community of other artists um, and to connect, you know, our clients with people like Joanna and other artists that are doing things versus just purchasing something, you know, out of a big box store or whatever and not having a connection. And mm -hmm. that's the other thing too, is I love bringing artists to the homes to meet the homeowner and there's always some sort of a connection there. And the, yeah, the homeowner is just like, they fall in love with our artists all the time and they want to support and they love the stories behind the art. There's always just something there that resonates. So it just makes the home that much more magical. And when they're looking at these pieces of art every single day, it brings them back to these experiences that they've had. And then they can tell their friends and the people that come over that they actually know the artist, this is the story behind it. You know, it's a whole experience and thing and experiences everything right now with people hosting events and having others over for dinner parties or, or whatever. I mean, just like what you were talking about, you know, having people come over and, and connect with you. It's, it's such a I also important thing. feel like they're, they're, paintings belong with certain people. Mm -hmm. They're, I just, I, I always said that if I had to put all my art collectors in a room they carry a similar energy mm. you know they 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 would fit nicely in a dinner party or any kind of event together like it's just there are certain paintings that just belong to certain people yeah. um and it just kind of makes sense like there is art out there with your name on it that 
you know, for whatever reason, it has to live at your house and it has to belong to you. So something really interesting about that and kind of magical. It's so cool. I love it. I absolutely agree. I think you can just, I don't want to say match, but you can connect the people with the art and then see how that energy is mm-hmm. so connected. Mm-hmm. Love it. Uh, before we go, I always also ask, you know, what do you do to stay grounded, to stay centered? Do you have any practices or things that you do to, to be mm-hmm. there? Or does that change, you know, like, what does that look like for you? I have to go on a walk every single day. Like I, you know, both my husband and I, we work from home, which is great. We love, you know, we're quite homebodies. Yeah. But I need to get out there and, um, you know, walking is a big thing. But, um, you know, I really pay attention to the messages that are being sent, you know, when, and I always ask for, actually, I don't ask, I demand, like, I need, I need a sign. Yeah. Show me a sign. You know, and so they come in very loud. You know, I kind of get slapped in the face where I'm like, wow. okay, I got it. <laughs> no question there. Um, like I'm leaving for Italy on Sunday. And it's something that I definitely wanted to do, but I, I really right. needed a sign that I should go. Uh-huh. Oh, they came in loud and clear. So um, what were know, one of the signs that came sensitive. up? Can you share? So... Yes, it's actually, I know. Um, so last year, I want to say that last year, the the pace of work and, and all the different projects and just life in general, it felt really ferocious. I felt like during the pandemic, um, you know, we were kind of in a coma for a couple of years. And then all of a sudden last year, it was like we were being electrocuted and all of a sudden everything yeah. was just warp speed. And um you know, we bought our house last, it was just, last year was just really intense. It just, you know, fifth gear. And so by January, I was kind of tired and I don't know if functioning on that level was exactly how I wanted things to go. And so, um, you're asking how I get grounded. I just stop, (laughs) you know, I just stop. I'm like, you gotta stop. So I kind of sat on the couch for all of January and I just stopped and I'm like, just tap in. What do you really want to be doing? And is this it like, what is this pace, this like intensity and why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. You know? And so I, you know, I can be very self-reflective and there's a lot of self-inquiry of why am I doing this? But then also, you know, just tapping into source and just, I need a sign that I am in the, I'm on the right path and that I should be doing this because I can get into like either ferocious fifth gear, just power through. Um, And um, so, yeah, I sat on the couch and I literally the entire month of January, I meditated and I journaled and I did all the things yeah but at the end of it i needed proof yeah. i want a sign like what send happened? me a sign that like 
this is it. So in the course of a week, I got some pretty big signs. Um, I went to school in Italy, in Cortona, in 1996. And one of the paintings that I had created as an art student was a painting, you know, our painting teacher literally took us into the valley of Cortona and kind of threw us on the side of the road and was like, paint. Oh my gosh. So we did. And then this painting was exhibited in this exhibition, um, in this like little village. And I left that painting there at this exhibition. So while I'm having my, you know, moment in January, sitting on the couch, trying to figure out, you know, what I'm doing, I get a message on Instagram, um, from somebody in Reno, Nevada. And, um, he said, I found this painting in a thrift store and it has your name on the back of it. And I just want to know if it's really yours. And he took a picture of the painting and my signature. And I literally sat on the couch and it literally felt like the bottom of the couch, like had opened up and like, like I was just being swallowed whole and my heart was pounding. And I'm thinking, Yes, that's my painting. That's the painting I did on the side of the road in 1996. But I know for a fact that I left that painting in that village at this exhibition. So how it went from there across the United States to Reno, Nevada, to end up at a Salvation Army. And like I said, there is a painting for everybody. And that this person picked up that painting felt you know something to to okay i'm gonna buy this painting but yeah. not only am i gonna buy this painting i'm gonna find this artist so they found me on instagram and i mean like who does that happen to yeah. but also you know i'm not gonna lie my artist ego yeah. the last thing i want is for my paintings to end up at a garage sale yeah. or in the trash or at a thrift store right of course all of a sudden, like, my worst fear like, came from Well, I got it. ended up at a thrift store. So I started this dialogue with this person. Gosh. And I'm like, why did... I'm like, yeah, that is my painting. Why did yeah. you choose the painting? What do you mean it's in Reno, Nevada? <laughs> and it just... I don't know. It was, like, the strangest, most awesome thing that ever happened. But that's not the only thing. So in the same week... Because I had, I you know, I had initially, before I sat down on my white couch, yeah. I'd asked myself, what do you really want? Like, what do you want? And it just like, all I, I just want to go back to Cortona and paint. Mm. That's all I want. So this painting showed up. Oh my God. And then, in, you know, four days later, I get an email. So somebody who's not on Instagram or social, I get an email. And, um some random guy in LA had snapped a photo of a drawing and a print that I had done in Cortona, Italy again in 1996 and he had bought it at like a Christie's auction for during uh, it was like a fundraiser for my arts high school I don't even remember giving these pieces like at all 
I have no idea. Like, I don't remember donating. I don't know. And he snapped the picture of these two framed pieces. And he said, I bought these many years ago, um, many years ago. um, And I look at them every day and I just wanted to let you know how happy they make me. Wow. And I was like, wow, thanks. I'm like, who are you? How did you find me? Where did this come from? And it was pieces that I had done again in Cortona. So in answer to your question, you know, are there any practices? I just really, when it's time to stop and to listen, I stop and I listen, but I also demand, I want proof. Yeah. You know, I want to, I want to make sure that it's not just my ego talking or, you know, that mindless chatter. Like I, I really need, I need proof that I'm going in the right direction or that if something is calling me, you know, that if I'm being called to go back to Cortona, Italy, because I will go, of course I'm going to go. I'm leaving Sunday that there, you know, that I, I need to go that for whatever reason, and I'm sure it will present itself when I get there that I go. So yeah, I stop, I listen, I ask for signs and guidance and, you know, proof. Amazing. And I pay attention and then I act. So cool. So are you going to paint while you're there? Yes, I'm going to paint. I'm also going to do more sculpture. Um, There's a ceramic studio that I had approached and I said, hey, I'm coming to Cortona. I'd love to, you know, be in the ceramic studio and explore some sculpture. Um, I think I'm really going to focus on the figure. Figure drawing is kind of the first love. I feel like I have um, a lot of girlfriends from around the world that I have not seen in a while that are planning on showing up. And wow, I know where I'm like, hey, I'm going to be here. And they're like, I will be there. So Wow. You know, they all know I'm like, I'm going to draw you or. Yeah. So I feel like those female forms are going to find their way into this mm. white monochromatic. Oh my God. New body of work. And yes. Cortona kind of sits on a hill and those clouds and that fog kind mm. of also sets in. So I think the environment and just the, the light how all of that is going to come into this new body work. So, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited. I mean, who knows what's going to come out? You know, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So what I really love about doing this podcast is we're actually going to be time traveling because we are recording this at the beginning of June. Uh, We will see you. And when this airs, it will be after this experience that you just spoke about. So anyone no, the timing that's... is amazing. The timing <laughs> is amazing. And when you contacted me, I'm like, it is now or never. Like I am, I, I have to pack. I have to get on that plane on Sunday. So yeah, yeah. it's the timing yeah. is really perfect. It's really cool. So yeah, so we get to your studio 
you will have gone to Italy. You will have mm-hmm. given us this experience. Maybe you'll have some photos of what you've created. Mm-hmm. Um, so cool. I cannot wait. Yeah, it's going to be. Yeah. I'm so oh. glad we did this. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, like these are in such special episodes when I get to connect with somebody like you that's just having these different perspectives of life and how we can live beautifully um, and intentionally with, you know, what we're here to do. And you're so connected to your purpose. Um, it's really inspirational. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. Um, so, yeah. Is there anything else before before we leave? No, this is such a nice way to start the day. This is this is a really good send off. Good. Yeah, well, we can't wait. I appreciate it. Of course. You've been listening to the Holistic Interior Design Business Podcast. If it's one that you have been enjoying, please share with anyone else that you think can benefit from this knowledge and leave us a five-star review that helps us get seen and found by other new and aspiring interior designers. And if you're looking for mentorship, I invite you to join our club here at the Design Coven. It's a bridge between school and real life interior design. We get in much deeper there. We have virtual and in-person events. So everyone is welcome. You don't need to have a design degree to be part of it. Just an interest in holistic interior design. I also want to thank our editor, Marcy Ferry and Kinseth Thibodeau, who is our music composer. Until next time, be well, and we will see each other soon.